0: Hello, thank you for tuning in once again to the Divine Spark Within podcast and video podcast where I provide more context and discussions of my book, The Divine Spark Within, Excavating the Mysteries of Sophia and the Deep Christ. In this second episode, I would like to invoke the names of three people who I consider to be pioneers in the field of the Sophianic mysteries. These three span a great sweep of scholarship and investigations across many spiritual and religious traditions, and they bring a certain rigor to their work that is a uh, unprecedented, we might say, in furthering and bringing forward these themes of Sophia. Francis Weller is a psychotherapist in Northern California, Sonoma County, who uh, has done a lot of work on on alchemy. He's he's done some wonderful uh, talks and presentations on alchemy. And at the beginning of his talks, he will uh, invoke the names of people who he considers to be the giants in his field upon which he can stand and uh, as a gesture of gratitude for them. So this is why on the first page of my book I present a dedication to Carl Jung, Gershom Shalom, and Henry Corbin or the French would be Henri Corbin. These are three, again, giants in the field of the Sophianic mysteries. And, uh, and I have been indulging and working with these, th- these three for many, many years, and continue to get tremendous inspiration and appreciation for the work that they have done. Start, starting with uh, Carl Jung, you know, he he absolutely, hands down, uh, a, a a an incredible pioneer in preserving the works of alchemy, and and, and essentially, essentially uh, uh, reviving and restoring this tradition that almost got lost. The medieval alchemists, alchemy, he found was a tradition that. Spun from Gnosticism, but that Gnosticism was so obscure and so <laughs> unavailable because of its being so persecuted and banished uh, for so many centuries, that he found that alchemy was a uh, was a version, a variation, an expression of these original, more you know, earlier uh, wisdom teachings. Uh, so, Carl Jung, you know. <sighs> I, I don't have to, you know, really elaborate too much on him because he is—he's just uh, tremendous in his work to uh, sketch and understand the, the the dimensions of the psyche, and as it relates to the broader fields of the objective psyche, the the, the or the objective collective unconscious, um, through which great threads of of esoteric and spiritual and mystical phenomenon are occurring. I include in my book, on page 156, a quote from Jung in one of his very rare references to Sophia. He doesn't actually spend a lot of time focusing in in on the, the, the concept or the phenomenon of Sophia. But here is a letter that Jung wrote to Freud. Uh, prior to his break with Freud. Freud was his great mentor and protégé. I have the feeling that this is a time full of marvels and if the auguries do not deceive us it may very well be that we are on the threshold of something really sensational, which I scarcely know how to describe except with the Gnostic concept of Sophia. This is a tremendous cryptic quote and little narrow glimpse into Jung's fascination with the phenomenon of Sophia. And he's essentially giving a a, a prophecy. He's, He's saying we are on the verge of something tremendous and he's having a difficult time. Capturing what the significance is, other than in the name Sophia and in the Gnostic concept of Sophia, uh, and uh, so so this is uh, you know Jung is holding a vast awareness, or his awareness of the vastness of the Sophianic mysteries is tremendous, and it weaves through his work, and I am very grateful for not only his work, but also the work of his, uh, his, his dear friend and associate Marie-Louise von Franz, who wrote this book, Alchemy, Introduction to the Symbolism and Psychology, in which uh, she presents uh, a lecture on the aurora Consurgens. This is a book allegedly uh, authored by Thomas Aquinas and included in Jung's magnum opus, the Mysterium Coniunctionis* and the aurora consurgens is a description of how this sophianic figure appeared to thomas aquinas and essentially rocked his world with the power of the divine feminine it was to, so so I, I just i honor this tradition the second uh one is uh gershom Shalom, a, a jewish uh he's born german um but he was in Israel and is credited, like Jung, with a revival of alchemy and to some degree Gnosticism. Gershom Shalom is credited with reviving and restoring and capturing the, uh, the obscure tradition of Kabbalah. And he does so with such grace and such scholastic and academic rigor, but that is uh, connected with his uh, his what, what seems to be his sense of spiritual inspiration. This is this is a, a a difficult balance to keep. You don't want to get so mystical that you lose your credentials or your standing in, in in the academic world in the scholastic world, you know. And you don't want to get so bound by you know the 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 tight parameters of of what constitutes um, you know. Uh, peer-reviewed, you know, research that you lose the mystical. And so, so this, this is what we're working with is this combination of being rooted in an esoteric tradition that has a history and has a groundedness while also working with this sense of there's the, the it's pointing to the mystical experience and the mysteries that can't really be defined. And so uh, Gershom Shalom is working with the Kabbalah. The Kabbalah is this um, sister companion to Gnosticism uh, that essentially uh, sounds like it emerged even out of first century with a text called the Bahir. But it really did not uh, appear in full force until 12th century and 13th century in, in France and also in Spain. And uh, and and Shalem's work with the Zohar and specifically with the work of uh, Isaac Luria is, is just it's it's unprecedented. It's gorgeous. His his understanding of the Shekinah and the Ein Sof, the un, F, the in you know languaging of the the terrain of the cosmology that I discuss at length in my book is is just incredibly valuable. Kabbalah brings language to the this complex cosmology in a way that Gnosticism sometimes falls short. And so when you're working with the, for example, the relationship between Shekinah and Sophia, there's, there's, there's a lot of overlap, and there's a lot of interminglings between the two. And, and they can offer some context and perspective uh, in, in approaching these sort of very obscure concepts. Gershom Shalom has provided in his book, The Mystical Shape of the Godhead, uh, a, a, a tremendous chapter on the Shekinah, and, and in his other books, you know, a, a vast literature of explorations into the, uh, the esoteric Jewish mystical tradition of Kabbalah, of which Sophia and the Gnostic texts are, are very, very well recognized and, and honored and respected. In, in that uh, tradition, so the third is Henri Corbin, Henry Corbin, and I. I just I was reading some of him him again. Uh, he wrote a book called The Alone with the Alone, and and this is just a it's it's a, it's a, a, a tremendous expose of the Islamic esoteric tradition that relates to Sophia, the Islamic mystical traditions are some of the most beautiful relics of spiritual traditions that we have on the planet. There is a tradition of Islamic mysticism that is, you know, we know of uh, Rumi, you know, who, who is one now quite, you know, familiar expression of this, but Ibn Arabi is a Islamic Persian Sufi Ishmaelian Gnostic (laughs) who had an experience of a Sophianic figure, an eternal Sophia, who appears to him as he's circumnavigating, circumambulating the Mecca, the stone at Mecca, and the Kaaba. And uh, it's this young figure who has this profound effect on him uh, and teaches him. And the Sophia weaves through not only Ibn Arabi's uh, uh, literature and and teachings and mysticism, but Henry Corbin dives into the sacred literature of this 12th century Islamic tradition, Ishmaelian Gnostic, Gnostic tradition, with both the academic rigor and what is Clearly a uh, mystical uh, or a spiritual sensibility you know he 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 is celebrating the jewels of wisdom that are coming through this through this tradition and and as he's as he 's documenting and researching and reviving and 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 grounding this tradition he 's also presenting it as sort of jewels of, you know, of wisdom and sources of great inspiration. Uh, this is a very recent book, Jung, Buddhism and the Incarnation of Sophia, uh, that just came from inner traditions. And uh, oh boy, oh boy, <laughs> it's, he, he has correspondence with Jung around his answer to Job. He, he uh, identifies Answer to Job as Jung's Sophianic book. It was one of Jung's last books, very controversial, where he essentially turns Christianity on its head in order to expose the deeper esoteric, you know, the deeper stream of the Sophianic mysteries. And he also apparently was going to be writing a book about Sophia with Marcia Eliade, uh, the great mythologist. And uh, they never quite got to it and never finished it, but here are some remnants of that and uh, discussions about what they had planned to do with that. So all of this is to say that my book, The Divine Spark Within, is attempting to and, and is you know, striving to uphold a tradition of academic research that does not quelch the the spiritual sensibility, and, and particularly for myself, you know, for anybody else, that it's honoring the way in which spirit is moving through each of us. And that there is there are maps available uh, for what does it mean to expand our consciousness in ways that can bring us closer to the Godhead and bring the the great light of a great emanation to shine brighter within, deeper within ourselves. So thank you for helping me to honor these teachers, these, these authors, and these spiritual pioneers. And I look forward to the next podcast. Thanks.